Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... odd. This is the... of yours will be reduced to a burned-out cinder. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oddcast Monsters, well, true, Oddcast Movies, Music, and Gaming. And here with me, as always, is Dreadful Dan. There be monsters. Um, a Freudian slip from Sam there, possibly related to the uh, discussion we'll be having around Prince of Darkness. Mm. Yes, uh, I was expecting Purple Rain, um, but it's not. Um, no, if you want to know, uh, if you don't know what Prince of Darkness is, then imagine a film where Jesus is an alien and Satan is actually the goo that created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's an interesting take on it. <laughs> Especially what it is, right? Um, yes, let's have a little listen. started a month ago. What started? A change in the earth and the sky. His power. There's a weird locking mechanism. Looks like it can only be opened from the inside. A life 
form is growing out of prebiotic fluid. It's not winding down into disorder. It's self-organizing. It's becoming something. What? Before we do get back into it, mm. I uh, saw some data that suggested that we are rocketing up the charts <laughs> in Pakistan and, and India. So yeah. I'd just do a shout out, anyone listening to uh, the podcast from Pakistan or India. Uh, thanks very much for listening. And yeah. anyone listening anywhere, anywhere. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to listen to our ramblings. But mm. um, I mean, it's probably too early to, uh, I wouldn't say it myself, but. I have seen some observers using the word sensation. <laughs> New sensation. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> quite sensational indeed. That's true. Usually we're very popular, very, very popular in English speaking countries. Um, but India and Pakistan seems to be right up there, you know. And those countries have got literally millions, hundreds of millions of people. So to make an impact on the charts, suggests that hundreds of thousands of people must be tuning in. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't work quite like that, but... Um... Hundreds, Sam. <laughs> sure. Sure, hundreds, hundreds maybe. Of thousands. Yeah. No, no, hundreds, hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. <laughs> hundreds, of, like the uh, ice cream um, sprinkles. Um, yeah, uh, true. Um, it's, it's lovely to... Uh, it's absolutely lovely to know that they're out there listening. Um, and hello to you. And here is a film that you, <laughs> who knows if it even got released over there. Um, if it hasn't, we'll try our best to <laughs> make sure that you try and enjoy it as much as possible. But we are talking about John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, which is the second film in what he likes to call his Apocalypse Trilogy. Um, Dan, do you want to just give us an overview of, uh, of the film? Blimey. Um try to basically there's a <laughs> there's a weird glowing sort of canister mm-hmm. vortex mm-hmm. big glass jar mm-hmm. of green goo in a old like was it like a school building it's supposed to be a church church yeah, yeah church it's kind of the point <laughs> school building <laughs> Old school building, (laughs) you know. Yeah, Donald Pleasance. Yeah, and and there's some someone who's like a intellectual, an academic, and he's like, uh, "Call blimey, we've got to stop the uh, end of the world." I'll get my uh, students to tag along, and uh, they can sort it all out. And uh, and that's about it, really. 
That is the, probably the worst summation <laughs> of the film. <laughs> you don't want to give away too much, do you? Could have possibly described it as. But let's give away, let's give away too much. Let's just say it's going to be full of spoilers because otherwise it's going to be, I mean, who cares? It's not, you could guess it. You could watch the start of the film and guess what's about to happen throughout the rest of it. Um, Why don't you have a go? Yeah, I'll have a go. So basically what happens is, uh, yeah, quite rightly so, um, there is a weird, well, you don't know at first, um, (laughs) to be honest. Like It kind of opens out with a guy, an old man with like a key, um, uh, we don't know it's a key. He's just got. He's just actually holding this. It's this dying old man in a room, and he's uh, there's like nuns around, so he's in some kind of church or whatever. And he's got this like silver box, this little silver chest. That he's like holding onto his heart, and he's like taking his last breaths. Um, and yeah, and then you see uh, what's his name, Victor Wong, who's the you might recognise him from. I think he was that old Chinese guy in Gremlins. Yes. And also he's uh, more relevant. He's the guy from Big Trouble in Little China. He's one of the guys in it anyway. And there's also Dennis Dunn is in this. He is also, uh, it's kind of Kurt Russell's sidekick in Big Trouble in Little China, which they just made just before this, which which had flopped for him. It was seen as a commercial failure. Um, And this was kind of John Carpenter's break. He took a break basically after dealing with the studio system and... uh, he was kind of against Hollywood. And so um, he uh, made this independently, basically. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's very low budget. I think it was like three mil, which is pretty low, especially since mm-hmm. you just come off the back of uh, Starman and um, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, which had a fairly... Starman? Have you that. not seen Starman? No, what's that? It's uh, it's awful. It's, um, <laughs> it's Jeff Bridges and he plays an alien that gets basically stranded on Earth and he meets this woman and they basically fall in love. But he's like, like kind of autistic in it, if you know what I mean. Like he doesn't understand how things work or, you know, he's an alien. But um, so it's kind of like cute and whatever. And you like are kind of waiting for something to happen. He's getting tracked down by the government or something like that. Um, And then, yeah, he just, I can't remember what happens at the end. I think he goes back home. And she's like, I love you. And that's kind of it. So it's weird. It's like a love story with an element of sci-fi. Touching. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. So he just made that. And I don't think that did very well either. Um, and yeah, so basically there's this whole intro sequence, which is almost like 12 minutes where you're seeing the, the credits, the um, the names of the people and, the, you know, uh, the crew and whatever, in between these little vignettes of like stuff happening, um, which I thought was pretty cool. And you've got that kind of John Carpenter soundtrack in the back. It's not just him, it's him and someone else, but I can't remember who. And um, it's quite cool because it's building up tension. It's kind of building up this mystery, you're seeing all these little things. And you, you see like, there's this like guy with a, a moustache who's like checking out one of his classmates because they're all like these 40 year old students, basically, who I'm guessing are doing like, PhDs, but it's just like it's just a whole room full of old people like looking like they're at high school, which is really weird. And um yeah, Victor Wong is the um teacher and he's like doing this whole thing about how you know about space and time and like matter and antimatter, which all becomes relevant see later on down the line. And you know, meanwhile Donald Pleasance finds this box, the guy dies at the beginning 
finds a box with a key in. He's like, oh, what's this key? It's, you know, it's this cool. And you're like, oh, okay, it's a key, a random big silver key. That's cool. And at the same time, there's like ants coming up from the ground, a bit like David Lynch or whatever, um, uh, which is pretty cool and disgusting at the same time. I like that kind of thing. And um, yes, yeah, so it kind of like lures you in. It keeps you kind of coming in, um, which is pretty cool. There's like ants on the TV when he's watching TV and they talk about like a supernova that burst 7 million years ago. Like the light is just reaching earth or whatever. How cool is that? Uh, we're just able to see it. And all that kind of plays into like what happens later as well, like giving it that kind of Lovecraftian mm. um, horror, sci-fi, spaciness to it, which is pretty cool. That's a good um, call. It is very Lovecraftian, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he's a big fan anyway, Carpenter, of Lovecraft stuff, um, which makes sense, wouldn't it? So, um, yeah, so Donald Pleasance basically gets the key to this church Goes downstairs, it's this thing called the Brotherhood of Sleep or whatever, and there's this green goo liquid stuff in this canister, and it's all like bunged up with stuff or whatever in this like underground lair, and there's loads of like crosses around and all this stuff, and it's kind of like spinning around. Um and it kind of comes in between there and this guy chatting up his classmate, um, which is this weird like love story, which never really go it finds it's just like for the sake of having it. And I feel like it's there to serve the final shots as well, more than anything. It doesn't feel very natural to what's happening like throughout the film. They just kind of cut to like a bit of them chatting every now and yeah. then or whatever. A bit of flirting. It's a bit weird. Um, You're right. Yeah. I suppose they need that little character dynamic to have uh, something kind of poignant at the end, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um and yeah, they're looking up at the sky and you can see like the moon is like just above the sun or whatever. So everything's getting a bit strange and like cosmic. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and basically this Victor one guy, um, Donald Pleasance brings him in. He's like, you have to help me with this. This is like evil and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so Victor one was like, okay, cool, cool. Let me get my guys down here. So he brings in like his entire class, basically in all these like research guys with all this like tech. And they set up in this church and they're like studying this, this goo. And at the same time, Alice Cooper turns up yes. with a very like painted white face. Um, yeah. Well, it's more gray than white, but it's like clearly like tons of makeup. It's just, it's fucking stupid. Um, and the reason why he's in it is basically because they've got the same, him and Carpenter met at a WrestleMania actually, um, funny enough. And uh, oh. yeah, which is quite funny. And then um, Carpenter was like, oh, yeah, I'll put you in one of my films if you can, um, if I can use your prop or whatever. And that bicycle thing he kills the first guy with, who's actually listening to the Alice Cooper song on his headphones, um, which comes a bit later on, is something he uses in his show or something yes. he uses in the film. Yeah, I remember hearing that. That's really cool, that moment, actually. Yeah. Um, that must have been WrestleMania 3, I reckon, 1987. <laughs> 1987, when he accompanied Jake the Snake Roberts to the ring. Oh, uh, that, that would make sense. Okay. God, bloody hell, good memory. Um, so he turns up and he's all like, him and like all these homeless people and, you know, this like old homeless woman who has like a bunch of horrible stuff in a cup, which I thought was quite cool with maggots and all this. Um, and yeah, they're just kind of like starting to surround this building. And at the same time, it's starting to get dark and things are getting a bit more like um, edgy or whatever, like a bit more dangerous. Um and then, yeah, this kind of liquid is kind of, they basically figure out that this thing is like millions of years old and it's been buried 
and it's under protection and inside is Satan or you find out it's Satan's son or whatever. It's like the Antichrist or whatever. Um, and, the, um, and the anti-God is out there and this is to do with like matter and antimatter and all this and whatever. Um, and you find out that they start getting these like images and uh, they are able to decipher them and they get them in their sleep or whatever these dreams and these messages and it's like it's 1999 and satan is here and you have to do stuff so they're getting sent these messages back in time and those little sequences are probably my favorite things in the whole film do you remember yeah. them they're great like, they're great yeah. it's worth pointing out you don't you don't know what they are do you until quite later on in the film mm. yeah that's right yeah they're just dreaming um, them and then someone kind of donald pleasance i think explains it someone does yeah, they're just they're, they're puncturing the film intermittently, and like you said, there's that lot montage at the beginning of the film. But yeah, they're they're some of the most interesting and and like quite genuinely creepy yeah, parts really of the film. Creepy. I'd compare it to like you know the video from um, Ring. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, apparently, yeah. how they filmed it was they, and it's as you say, it's the outside of the church, and then it kind of moves a lot, very handheld. It moves along. And then you just see this like horrible figure, like with a light behind, just kind of standing there with his arms stretched out. You know, like, and um, apparently what they did is they filmed it on a shitty camera or whatever. Then they played it on a TV and they filmed the TV screen, which oh, is why nice. it looks so weird and out of place and real, basically. Um, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, quite like found footage almost kind of style. Um, which is pretty sweet. Very creepy, very mm. creepy. Yeah. So, yeah, it, so it is revealed by the end of the film that these are messages from the future. Yeah. Like a warning. Yeah. That's right. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, things like the old woman, as I've just noted, just realised on my notes here, the old woman, um, the old homeless woman, like they've played with her voice. They've like modulated it slightly and like brought it down a few steps, things like that. Like just making it that little bit, you know, creepier anyway. Nice. Um, so you kind of got that going on and then it basically turns a little bit into the thing because there's this green liquid. The green liquid is quite basically kind of coming out and above it, it's kind of like just on the ceiling, just kind of like a little pool of it on the ceiling. And this woman's like looking up who you find out is like a little bit, she's married and like a little bit flirty. So I think there's that element of like, she's like a bit of a sinner, let's say. So maybe that's why she got picked on first or whatever. Uh, and then um, this green, she basically gets just by this green liquid. She's like pisses on her. Um, like, <laughs> and uh, goes into her mouth. She's like, Bleh. and then she basically gets turned into uh, not a zombie, but like a servant of, satan or whatever she's been possessed and um she's kind of walking around so it's a bit different from the thing whereby like you don't know who's the thing or not but it's like they're sl- she's slowly like infiltrating the group and um like turning them all into these like weird possessed things um classic classic uh servants of satan yeah exactly and they're like oh like there's something about the 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 juice in the jar is like, it's got like telekinesis already. It's like being able to affect the environment around it. It's crazy or whatever. Um, and they're like, uh, uh, okay, cool. Um, I've, got, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Why is ooze always green? Um, 
I don't know. Is it something to do with like nuclear wastage? Is nuclear waste green? Like Simpsons? I, <laughs> I think people it's, just depict it as being green. Always. It probably um something to do with like mold, I imagine. It's something kind of some kind of disgust with green, like phlegm, mold, disease. Um, yeah. generally. It's a thing, maybe. A plea for any directors or creatives. Think outside the box. Don't always make your don't make your ooze green. Yeah, green ooze. Come on, let's see some rest of the palette explored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well they always feel like there's a lot of blue ooze. You get a lot of that, but usually it's used in like healing, I feel like, or something like that. It's not usually evil. Um a bit more sci fi. Um so yeah, there's this one bit which I thought was really funny where it's like um the old doctor is like he's having that dream and he suddenly wakes up <laughs> and Donald Pleasant's just sitting there watching him. He's like, Did you dream? So that's what you've been doing, just sitting there looking at him <laughs> that whole time. <laughs> so the guy's like, Yeah, uh, sure. And I was like, What the fuck? What happened before that? Did he just watch him fall asleep and then just remained <laughs> sitting yeah. there just watching him? It's quite funny. He's- just playing stock Donald Pleasant's character, isn't he, in this film? Yeah, I mean, that's what he does. That's what he does well. Yeah. I mean, when you, when he turns up as a priest, you're like, okay, I kind of feel like I know what I'm getting in this film. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, he, he is basically the same kind of character he is in Halloween, just more religious. Um, and, yeah, so everything... So people, like, when they go outside, like, the, the tramps are basically... Um, killing them there's one uh, pretty cool bit where like because a lot of these it seems like they don't know what's kind of going on within their four walls like there's people walking around now possessed there's people actually just trying to get on with their job <laughs> <laughs> whatever they're doing there or just hanging around like having a beer or whatever um and then like there was a point where like a few of them were like let's just go let's just leave like fuck this and then they've got a shot where um the guy's just kind of standing there as all these homeless people like creep up to him and he's just literally just standing there and then the woman from before, like, um, basically stabs him like a million times. Like, blah, blah, blah. But that shot, do you remember that shot where the knife is going by and it looks like it's kind of floating? Do you remember yeah. that? She's holding it. Apparently yeah. they filmed that with like, someone just standing there holding a knife and a lorry full of bricks just drove past and they made it look like it was moving. So Sorry? So they've shot it where someone's holding a knife and they got a, a lorry with bricks on the back to drive past. And that's how they got the shot of it just kind of like moving so smoothly. Do you know, it's not like just going up and down with someone running. It's just like this gliding, this weird glide. So she isn't moving at all? No, she's moving. It's just an effect. The, it's just a the camera bricks are effect. Moving. The bricks are moving, the hand's not moving, which gives it that smooth... Like when you're sitting effect. on a train and the train next to you moves and you feel like you're moving. Yeah. Sure. It's like that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, if you want. It's like a, a visual uh, optical illusion. Yes, exactly. Um, why did they? Why it's bricks? only for like a second. Huh? Yeah. Why, why bricks? Because she's against a brick wall. Oh, right. She's yeah. moving when they shoot her. Okay. Anyway, she stabs him loads. And then there's that great scene where he's just like going, hello. <laughs> like, Who the fuck is that? So he's like, hello, hello. And they're like, hello. And he's like, you'll die or something like that. And then his whole body just like falls just in, in on itself. And it's just full of bugs. It just kind of crumbles in front. That's that, really cool. That, that was really cool. Yeah. I love that kind of like kind of Cronenberg style. I mean, obviously um, Carpenter does it as well, but that, that body horror is um, always pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, there's a bit of that in this, which I quite enjoyed. Um, 
And yeah, and basically, so everything starts to go a bit wrong. It's also got, um, oh God, what's that guy's name? I think I wrote it somewhere. Um, oh, the fuck is his name? It's got a guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which you, do you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No, what's, what's No, it's going to really annoy me now, what's his name? Anyway, it's um, Hitchcock from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is one of the guys in it. So if you want to see a young Hitchcock and you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he's in that, um, which is, yeah, that's just a thing, which I noticed. As soon as I don't know him from anything else, but from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I was like, is that Hitchcock? And he is. Um, so, yeah, so everything starts going wrong. They realise they can't leave. It's like, oh, everything's a bit fucked. Um, and then they, so there's this cool bit where the green ooze basically um, comes out of the jar, gets brought up to this one of the women who are just, who's, she's like bumped her arm and then this bruise turned into like, a mark and she's like oh maybe i'll just sleep it off like she's totally not fucking worried about it whatsoever she lays down and then there's this cool shot where all this like green goo is just sucked through like her eyes and her nose ah, and her mouth. it's really um, good that part it's really great it's just like proper like sucked into every orifice and then the um uh the one of the the mate the guy from big trouble in little china um uh, the chinese guy is like hiding in a closet or whatever and then <laughs> the two like possessed people are just like standing there watching him. And meanwhile, the woman is getting like, who's taking in all this liquid. She has this like massive, like pregnant looking belly. And I thought it was like going to be, Oh, she's going to have a baby. Like she's yeah. been pregnant, but it's not what it's done. is it's basically gone into her stomach and it's filled her up. And now it's slowly dissipating through her system and her like skin, like you can Google it. Her skin is basically all like, like, bloody flesh now she's just like it's like she's like falling apart it's really fucking it's like um hellraiser isn't it yeah um, like the fleshy people and how that starts with the guys being transformed back to life or whatever being put back together um it's really hideous it's horrible but it's uh it's great and basically she's turned into the son of satan um and they're like oh fuck so at the same so there's and then there's points where like they're trying to get away. No, it, it's all a bit weird. Like some of the possessed people, like that tall black guy who like had his throat cut or something, he's just looking in a mirror. And like, what the fuck is he doing? Donald Pleasance is kind of like hiding basically for ages. Um, <laughs> so it's all kind of going to shit, but it's all like a bit of a shambles. And you're not really sure what anyone's trying to do or what's going on, but stuff's happening. Um, and no one seems as bothered about it basically as they, as I feel like. They should be if something like yeah. this happens. Yeah. Um, do you do find yourself shouting at the screen? I think a few times in this film, you're like, "Come on, people, what are you doing?" Yeah, exactly. Like this is literally Satan. This is Satan's son, or whatever. This is the Antichrist, and it's like you're just like, and they can't get help or whatever because they're trapped and all this fucking bollocks. It's like literally the worst possible situation has just happened. Um, but then, yeah, so now it's kind of coming into the end bit, which um, which I really enjoyed. And, uh, yeah, so like this, um, son of Satan or whatever, who's actually in this woman, she's like, realizes that she can like move the bed and all this stuff. And she tries to like, she finds a makeup mirror and she basically puts her fingers in. And I thought this is quite like sexual and disgusting. <laughs> she puts her fingers into this like mirror. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And then you see it from the other side and like from this like black water, these two fingers come through and I was like, oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. That is really cool. And then uh, she's like, gets frustrated. She can't get through. So she walks to another room where there's a mirror 
And she's like looking in the mirror. Yeah, bigger, bigger mirror. And um, and basically the idea is that like, that's the, like the other world, like the same as we have matter and antimatter or like, it's basically the upside down or whatever in Stranger Things. There's like this, the opposite world is just out there. It's just like on the other side of the mirror. Um, and Which is quite a cliche trope really, isn't it? Um, but in 1987, this has been well played out since the... Mm. Yeah, but it, it, it does work. And, it um, does work, yeah. And uh, it, yeah, it's nothing It's nothing particularly new. And anyway, Donald Pleasance is kind of hiding. The guy with the tash is kind of there, not really... I think she's standing with a baseball bat, not really sure what's going on. And then she basically puts her hand through and she starts pulling out, and it's her left hand, which is... It's, it's, it symbolizes evil or whatever because of something in the Bible. Like if you use your left hand, it's like evil or whatever. Left-handed people are evil. And, um, she and that will have significance out. for our um, Indian and Pakistan listeners as well. Uh, will it? Why? Yeah. Because you use one of your hands for eating and you use the other hand for doing something else. Oh, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I thought it was, you know, it was a, a Satan thing or something. And um, uh, yes, it, it, she pulls out this like, giant red hoof as if it was like you know tim curry in legend or whatever (laughs) coming out and you're like oh fuck and as she's kind of doing that um the heroine who's not really done that much she's just kind of been like the love interest for the tash bloke um so like i like this but at the same time i was like oh it just doesn't make sense she like throws herself and this uh, the blonde woman the son of satan whatever and essentially satan um through the mirror and then donald pleasant smashes the mirror and it's like phew so i had a few things wrong with this one is that why not just push her like why do you have to go why have you decided you're gonna go as well like there is no way you're gonna think well time to die like i'm gonna take myself down as well it's like just shove her but okay fine Make sure you get the job done. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, good point. Yes. This is the apocalypse. You don't want to muck about. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I'd selfishly still try and survive. And then <laughs> secondly, <laughs> um, uh, secondly, uh, I felt like Satan's son or whatever, or daughter, I suppose in this case, whatever, um, it was a little bit too easy to kill, especially for someone who had all this power. It's like, did no, this is like the worst way of, like millions of years they've waited and he he fucked up in like what less than two minutes oh yeah <laughs> and that's it it is a bit anticlimactic isn't it you're like oh just, just shove me through the mirror shove me the mirror and go on and then I also thought afterwards like Donald Pleasance is just like phew like he does not give a shit but he's just like left an innocent woman like on the other side he is oh. like glad that's over just walks off no remorse no, like, it was the only way or something like that. He, I think he says some religious bullshit or something and that's it. Um, but there's a really cool shot where it cuts to, like, inside the mirror world and she's, like, and it's all kind of watery and she's, like, reaching out, like, trying to get back in and she kind of just fades fades out. And that was really haunting. That really stuck with me, that mm. shot. Um, well, because she's thinking Donald Pleasance is probably still there reaching to try and get me, but instead he's, like... <laughs> Ah, time for my wank. Yeah, exactly. Time for my wank. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a pretty cool bit as well when he starts chopping off that um, son of Satan's uh, arms and head and they're just she just like grows it again or plonks her head back on. Um, and all this, I thought it was quite funny. Um, 
And that's basically, so, and then it's, so everyone's like, oh, okay, you know, we stopped it, great. But um, there's like a cool couple of like jump scares that happen at the end with the Tash guy. And he's dreaming um, of that, those dream sequences, which we said before with someone in the doorway, except this time it's the woman. It's in like his love interest, whatever her name was. And she's like looking really freaky and she comes out and then he's like, Ugh! he wakes up. Then he looks over and he sees like the weird zombie flesh thing next to him. And he's like, Ugh! and it's like a second jump. And then he's like all fucked up and he just looks at the mirror and he reaches out with his left hand to go closer to the mirror. And he's just about to touch the mirror. Ends. And I was like, okay, that's a cool ending. I like that. Wasn't there something, I seem to recall there's like a suggestion that all they've done is alter the future slightly and that this is still going to happen. Um, Don't know. But with a different... I thought the implications that that woman... Well, that woman will come back. Yeah, it's it's still going to happen, but it's just been deferred. and Now it's her, the woman that's gone through the mirror, is going to be the perpetrator no, maybe I just thought it was evil. I just thought it was him like just like terrified of mm-hmm. what she must be going through or whatever and all this and he can't stop thinking about him and all this I don't know it could be yeah I didn't really think of it as a narrative no, I thought I thought it was foreshadowing of like they haven't really changed anything this is still gonna happen mm. it's quite a, yeah quite a creepy creepy ending yeah so Sam did you actually like the film um, immediately afterwards, no. And I think the reason why it was because the middle section, it's actually a bit of a drag to watch because it's a little bit, it's, it's like two hours long and the middle section isn't as punchy as what I would want it to be. So I think the first act sets it up quite nicely. Um, it's a bit of a mystery. There's some weird stuff going on. Um, and that kind of slow pace is fine. I think the middle bit where they're trying to, um, you know, people are starting to get possessed and, you know, no one's sure what's going on. And the homeless people outside, I didn't really dig that. Didn't really like that that much. No, um, that's Alice Cooper and all that. It was just a bit like, like who are they? Like, what are they doing? Like, you know, you're trying to say that like, all homeless people are evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> why them? And they just walk off at the end. You're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I felt like that was a bit lame. Um, and then... But when it that um, when it kicks off with the uh, woman and like the green liquid going into her, that whole end segment I quite liked um, as well. So yeah, I think it's just that middle section let it down quite substantially for me. It just got a bit tedious and boring. And also they're trying to like explain like evil and Satan as like a science thing, and that Jesus was an alien and and all whatever and all this stuff which I quite like and I guess like I like the idea that there's like a science behind the evil or whatever and the you know matter and antimatter and that for everything there's an opposite and all this stuff and that's how the world works the universe even and you know there's a supernova and that's actually been seven million years ago that's Satan just trying to like reach out for seven million years in the future I need to get smashed by Donald Pleasant's hacks um and all these bits it's like I quite like all that uh but it was a little bit um, a bit too slow and a bit boring but there's a good idea and it's like to be honest it's not the worst John Carpenter film but I don't think it's anyone's best either Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What do you reckon? I enjoyed it for, I think, because it's like a mishmash of all these other things yeah. um, put together in a bit of a kind of bonkers fashion. Yeah. Like I said, you know, the, there's lots of borrowed ideas here. It's a, the trope of like, go through a mirror to enter an alternative dimension. You've got the devil turning up. You've got possession. Um, and then like, I like, they try and... Um, graft that to this kind of like more uh you know scientific sci-fi concepts that you've still got this all this like old testament arcane religious imagery yeah you've kind of got like all these bits of of other popular sci-fi and horror films all just like bubbling along together Mm. um and yeah I i don't know if it all really hangs together all that well but i think it makes for quite an interesting and kind of fun uh brew mm-hmm. but you're right it does it does drag on a bit and i remember like there's quite a lot of stuff you know when they're just hanging around and you're like oh, well, come on people get on with it what are you doing these researchers and they're just sort of slowly being picked off and you're like get with it people yeah. um but what really works i think yeah those little vignettes um and they make it really creepy mm. and they add that extra kind of like uh for me like intrigue mm kept me kind of invested and interested in what was going to happen um but yeah all in all um i yeah i really liked her i I, but i think yeah it's not exactly a a classic um no and certainly yeah i've seen better carpenter films but Mm. you know if you like kind of slightly as well like 80s that 80s vibe a little it's a little bit cheesy in places yeah um, I it's think not, you have a lot of fun with it. it. Yeah, exactly. it's not awful, like by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, it's like one of those films that you'd watch really late at night and it's fine. And you'd be like, that was all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, okay, so do you want to hear a few little tidbits, little few facts and stuff? Oh, I love a tidbit. I've got quite quite a few of these. So uh, John Carpenter wrote it as well as directing it, but he credited himself as Martin Quartermass. Um, which is to do with uh, the, well, the lead character of the Quartermass experiment. Um, and did Quartermass. You, is, it, is that how you say it? Yeah, Quartermass. Oh, sorry, sorry. And I know there's been uh, different stuff like that. There was that film, um, 
and I've forgotten it now, uh, where he finds, I've seen it. Is it the, is it the Quatermass experiment? Which one is the film where they find this stuff um, in a rock beneath London or something like that? Oh, that's Quatermass in the pit. That's right. Yes. So have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. I actually saw a screening of it at the, um, oh, what's it called? The Islington Academy. That place where they do gigs. It's like a chapel. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. They do like acoustic gigs. Yeah. They set up a screen in there and showed Quatermass in the pit. That's good. It was quite cool, but the audio was terrible. I spent the whole time like, I can't quite hear what they're saying. That's annoying. Um, yeah. Uh, I really like that film. If It is very like British and very of that yeah. time, but the idea behind it is really creepy. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of similar to, the, to this film, uh, basically. And um, yeah, so there's that. And yeah, as I said, this is the middle one in between of his Apocalypse series. First one was The Thing and the last one was In the Mouth of Madness, I think it's called. Um, is that good? Uh, I only saw that and that was only a bit of it, like when I was a, well, when I was a kid, like back when we were kids. But um, I remember, I think it was on like Channel 4, super late at night and I basically fell asleep. But I do remember there was a bit with Sam Neill and a policeman um, and that sticks out in my head as an image. Uh, but no, basically I pretty much haven't hmm. seen it. So I do need to kind of go back and watch that one because a lot of people like it and I like Sam Neill as well, if it's the one I'm thinking of anyway. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it, so let's chuck it on yeah, the list. Yeah, we'll uh, chuck it on the list. On the list. Yeah, and then we would have done the whole trilogy then, wouldn't we? Because you did the thing. Oh, yeah. Well. Actually, that's a good, that's a good shout. We should do that. Um, and yeah, so Alice Cooper's in it, as I said before, like they knew each other, kind of, they had the same manager or whatever. Um, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, as I said before, this is the first film that he did independently since Escape from New York. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was just sick of working with the studio system, basically. So he kind of made this, um, the audio of the broadcasts, um, that you hear in the dreams, like it's 1999 or whatever, um, has been in a few songs as well. You might recognize it. Oh, really? I recognized it from DJ Shadow's album, Introducing. I don't know if you like DJ Shadow, do you? I've listened to that album a few times and it never quite... Oh, really? You know, I it doesn't quite it. hit with me. I've it's, never quite got it. It's, it's very much like of its time. So, um, yeah, I still really like it, but it's more nostalgic now rather than... I mean, it is really good and it's technically very good, but... I feel like it's dated. Like it's been done like a million times since, do you know what I mean? But um, yeah. I still like it. Anyway, it uses it from there. And also Marilyn Manson used it in the song Down in the Park, which was originally performed by Gary Newman and also Dan. The Flumpferfuhrers. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so sad that, that we understand each other. We fight as Songs when in the key did he do Down in the Park, Marilyn Manson? It, was, it would have been after Songs in the Key of X. I do vaguely remember um, it, I, it was post-Antichrist anyway. Um, okay. I think it might have been before Mechanic Animals, but I'm not sure. Or maybe not. Hmm. I'm okay, forgetting that could be wrong. Um, and apparently how they did the mirror thing, this is quite cool. So I should say that that shot where it's like the black liquid, I've done a music video um, for someone called Bo something. It's this woman. Um, I can't remember. Bo Selector. No, yeah, proper ball. No, it was, um, I did one of her videos called The Fool. Oh, oh, oh my God, it's going to really annoy me. 
by Bruce might be called by Bruce. She might be called by Bruce. She's very rich, rich, like hippie-ish girl, whatever. Um, she did a song called The Fool and I made that music video and there was another song, can't remember what it's called, but it never got released. We filmed it, edited it, put it together, never got released. But that whole thing was her and we basically had a pool and we filled it with um, water and it obviously, and uh, black dye. And yeah. she was kind of in it and, and around with it and whatever. Um, so it just looked like she was in this like black space, um, which is pretty cool. And it, it kind of worked. We were able to do it. It was so messy afterwards. We totally fucked that studio up. Basically, we couldn't, there was no easy way of getting rid of the water. So we just had to kind of tip it down the drain. But the drain was like, whatever, like a hundred feet or something away. So we, everyone had to kind of get together and like try and get all this water out. And we were like, there's no easy way of doing this. And the whole studio was just full of like black liquid just all over the floor, wherever you've got it everywhere. They weren't happy. You know what that's making me think of? Waterloo Studios, I think it was. Yeah. That um, green jello, misadventures of shit, man. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was a bit like the that. Same problem. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It was a little bit like that. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, that's how it. But they, um, so what they did is apparently they used mercury, right? And they drained it from their hydraulic dollies and cranes and whatever they were using. And they used like um, uh, prosthetic arms and fingers or whatever it is um, to kind of put it through this like mercury. I'm not, I can't, I, this is why they said they've done it. I'm not even sure really how they managed to do it. Um, and yeah, and that's how they kind of made it give this like kind of liquidy effect. This is actually mercury. And then they put it back afterwards, I believe. Which is really? weird, that's, isn't it? I was about to say, yeah. why did they... Mess up their own equipment. Couldn't they just buy some mercury? Don't know. Can you buy mercury? Can How you do you go and buy it? Just go down the go down the market. Tesco's. Tesco's. Or you go go in a pub, don't you? You go in a rough pub in the East End of London. You go. Do you know anyone that can sell me some mercury? Yeah, and then you get some Queen albums. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, so that was, it's a bloody good effect, isn't it? It looks fantastic. It does look, it does look good. Um, that's kind of it, really. And all like the, you know, little, little tidbits, really. Um, but yeah, but we haven't spoken about the music. No, we haven't spoken about the music. Um, I'm kind of leaving that for Derby Go, Derby Venture 2. No corner. <laughs> Hello, here we are in Nerd Corner. Um, let's have a little natter about the soundtrack to the film. Mm. Quite a lot of people, when I looked around online, Sam, mm-hmm. we'll get to the reviews obviously at some point, but a lot of people point to the soundtrack as being one of the best parts of the film. Mm. It's good. Really contributes to that uh, yeah, creeping sense of dread, mm. terror, um, as is the case for most John Carpenter films, though. Um, did you think this was in any way superior to your normal John Carpenter fair? Uh, I don't know. Was it superior? Um, I don't think it was superior to any of the other stuff. Um, I'd have to give it another listen. I wasn't really listening out for it properly, to be honest. It was good though, but it's a classic Carpenter um, sounds. But then it did its job, really. Mm. But um, it, it was interesting. And then it's listening to it in isolation, which is what I've done. Mm. Um, yeah, and a lot of people really rate this as like some of his best work. I think it's quite 
interesting how John Carpenter, I mean, he's had a bit of a renaissance, hasn't he, the last few years? Yeah, as a, did a tour. People, really, people respecting him as a composer and musician. Yeah. Yeah, did a tour. He's always got a new album. I think I saw a new album coming out soon. He does these like Lost Themes albums where yeah. he basically re-records stuff with a, with a band. Yeah, so I think his son cool, was involved it? in it as well. Um, anyhow, this one, uh, 1987, obviously, Prince of Darkness, John Carpenter, in association with Alan Howarth, who seems to be his like chief collaborator, right-hand man. Mm. Um, he looks like a quite like a techie kind of guy, you know? Um, he's a bit like Mort Garson. Oh, really? Yeah, if you look him up, there's like pictures of him playing around with all these analog synths, and you know he looks quite straight laced. Right. Yeah, um, and apparently, yeah, he he worked in like sound effects for in the movie industry and stuff. But um, yeah, collaborated with Carpenter on a lot of soundtracks: mm. Halloween Two, Halloween Three, They Live, uh, etc. Okay. Um, and this one, basically, like I said, it came out in 1987. Yeah. And there's been quite a lot of reissues of it, actually, since then. Um, in 2008, I think this is the kind of cool one, um, it was released by Alan Howarth Incorporated. Right. So he obviously felt like this needs to get back out there, get my work out there. And mm. he put out a um, double CD edition. Uh, which is limited to only 1,500 copies. Um, and it's got that great iconic the movie poster with that guy screaming with all that goo going on his head. Um, and a smashing photograph of Donald Pleasance on the back with a key. Um, but uh, the, the point of this one is um, it's got the original album. So the original soundtrack album is only eight tracks. Um but here, I guess it's just like a dump of all the music that was created for the score. So all those uh, variations and, and breaks and interludes that would have appeared in the film itself yeah, um, that weren't actually selected to be on the LP. So yeah, if you're a Carpenter fan or you know, specifically this soundtrack, that is worth checking out. And it's also on Spotify, the whole damn thing. Oh, damn um, thing. So yeah, if you, if you do want to just listen to the original album, the eight tracks... Um, I just went on Spotify and I started from the correct song, which is uh, opening titles, <laughs> Original. Um, which is like about the 25th track on this thing. Um, and then, So that was 2008, but they've continued to put this out. Um, and yeah, there's so many reissues the last few years of uh, John Carpenter stuff. Mm. It just seems to be, you know, it's perennial interest and probably, like I said, like increasing interest. I think people are respecting him more and more as a composer. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's this kind of like um, ambient synthesizer stuff, um, always like very like, nice textures, very creepy, mm. um, and Death Waltz, basically. Have you heard of them as a no. record label? No. Death Waltz, the last few years, have been popping out these like uh like babies there's loads of them um and most of them they've got a different like cover art which is quite cool it's like heavily stylized it's got this kind of like retro 60s look there's like um image of a of a face it looks a bit sci-fi actually 
um, not a face, a head, a faceless head. Right. And there's some like goo, red goo dripping down. Um, but yeah, all these kind of come, these like deluxe, they come with like a nice poster and they're all different colors. Um, and they're always highly limited. So there's one here, 300 copies in blue. Mm-hmm. Um, only there's another one here, like 100 copies. If you want it in like blue and black. Right. And all of these are just the, the eight tracks, you know, they're the original LP. Um, but even as late as last year, Sam. Yeah. I was, was people, a, it's an interesting use there. It's a real renaissance for John Carpenter's music. Um, and vinyl. So it's just a perfect... Uh, perfect. Perfect match. Relationship. Nice. But this one that came out last year is quite cool. Um, in collaboration, it's Death Waltz in collaboration with Mondo. Yeah, and, I love Mondo. Um, They've done a new a new cover, which is quite cool. It's like really green, and it's an, a photographic image of uh, Christ on the cross, like on the wall of the mm-hmm. church, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so And it all looks very, like, gothic. And on the back, there's this really dark image, and, and all it is is, like, that, um, that big jar of goo with some sort of, like, religious-looking lights around it. So they've really leaned in heavily on the, uh, on the gothic kind of, like, side of the film. Um, but that's a white vinyl LP. Uh, you can you can pick that up for around twenty five quid. Nice. Not bad. Um, and there's a nice one as well. You can get the Blu-ray uh, recently with the CD package. So it seems interest, Sam, in Prince of Darkness is at an all time high. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Also, yeah. like I think it's a weird title to choose Prince of Darkness. I can it's obviously about the son of Satan or whatever, but it makes me think of like Army of Darkness or like some kind of TV horror movie rather than like a, I don't know, do you know what I mean? It's almost like two on the nose. It's so generic. Like when you think of like the thing or in the mouth of mad, I don't know, that's fucking Lovecraft, isn't it? But like, um, yeah, it's just like, it feels like and Halloween or whatever. It's not called like serial killer stabby wab or something like that. <laughs> It's a real hark back, isn't it? It sounds like an old, like an old thirties film or something. Yeah, true. Yeah, I think it's probably one of those things that was like a working title, and it probably just stuck. So, what else am I going to call it? Um, you look a bit like Kurt Russell in the thing. Actually, looking at you at the moment, the thanks the beard's getting so big now. <laughs> it's really there. Um, this is quite conservative. This is the this is the trimmed, ready for the the meeting with the new CEO. Oh, is it? Look. <laughs> oh, right, I, I, yeah, it looks um, it still looks very big. I think it's because it's Pretty kind of in my on my screen. It's kind of molding into your microphone <laughs> and your jumper. Um, so it's probably smaller than what it actually uh, actually is. Um, um, let me tell you my favourite pressing of this. Yeah, from last year. There's a green and black, uh, marbly swirl. And you like a big bit marble swirl, and it's great because it makes you think of all the the you know the goo and. Uh, on one side, one label's just black with all the song titles. The other side's got all those bugs. And it just yeah. says, I live, I live, I live, I live, I live, I live. Oh, cool. Like the scene. From the, uh, from, yeah, from the um, the tape. Nice. Those, those. So again, just like little nice design touches, you know, from people who, you know, like the film. Yeah. Um, so that is the one that I would recommend if someone's interested in purchasing you can pick up that one. Green, black, marble. Lovely. And do it. 
Cool. Well, Dan, let's go on to our final reviews and it's your turn. Uh, final impressions, I should say, sorry. And it's your turn to do an impression. Oh, no. Because um, I did Hoagie. Hoagie last week for... Oh, yeah. Uh, Day of the Tentacle. Um, I was trying to have a think like about this are. and I couldn't, I couldn't really think of anything that would be relevant apart from Satan. <laughs> and we've kind of done a Satan one before, but now I get to this to your Satan. So whilst you um, have a think about that, I'll give my final impression. And I haven't written it down again, which is awful. Um, I would say that this is mediocre Carpenter um, at best, really. Uh, there's some real highlights. I think the beginning and the end is great. It's not great. It's good. Um, it's too long. It sags in the middle. Um, and But overall, it's a relatively okay Carpenter experience. If you like John Carpenter, I think you should, you know, definitely go and see it. Um, anyway, that's it. That's my final impression. Okay. And my final, imp- my final impressions. Let's see. How am I going to do this? I waited. <laughs> ahem, ahem. It's just part of it. No, no, no. It's just, I wasn't expecting that voice to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I waited seven million years for this, and I was quite dissatisfied with how it played out. However, I do feel that I created enough madcap terror to entertain even the most demanding 1980s horror fan. And I would recommend it for anyone who is a fan of the genre. It's true, though. Like, fucking hell. What did he do? Satan. Nothing. Just, like, upset a church for a bit. Couldn't even, like, (laughs) got a few homeless people. And that's it. They just fucked off. Seven million years. So yeah, silly. that is fun. <laughs> you think he would use his powers to command a bigger army of followers than just like the wastrels that are hanging around outside the back of the church? Yeah, just it's like you said, it's quite offensive. It's almost like these people are simple-minded, so they're easily manipulated. Yeah, you know, I was trying to think, is that like, is he trying to make some kind of political commentary on the economic state of America or something like that? And it's like, yeah. no. no, I just think it was just like, Let's just have like some like homeless people are a bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> they look a bit dirty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They look a bit weird, don't they? They're basically like the scum of the earth, aren't they? Like the ants and the worms and all this stuff that keep turning up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a bit cheap. Apparently. apparently also like that last scene, you know, where she's like, that great shot where she's like kind of moving away from the mirror and drowning. Apparently mm. she really didn't want to do it either. Um, oh, and he's apologised about that since because was, she was like, it's too dark. I can't see. I don't know if I can hold my breath underwater for that long. She really didn't want to do it. And he basically made her. Um, yeah, she died. I think she um, she died, uh, like, I don't know, she's like 53 or something. Um, in her home of some strange disease. But I can't remember what it was. I can't remember her name either, which is awful. Um, Probably mercury poisoning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's that. Let's go on to uh, our reviews. Oh. I hate it. So Dan, I've got some reviews here for you. Cool. I do enjoy a good review. Um, let's go with some of the one-star ones. This one is from MRN10423. Liquid Satan, more like liquid boredom. 
Okay. <laughs> I was going to say something else, more like liquid shit. Liquid shit would have been better, actually. Um, that was just a... That's, that was it, basically, for that one. That was his review. Uh, I think he probably he might have done more, but I only liked the title, and that was it. Um, this, that was one out of 10. This is one out of 10 as well. Horrible, horrible movie by Snoopy12. This movie was so terrible that I couldn't even bear to finish it. After hearing the concept of a liquid Satan, I made the inaccurate assumption that this movie would be campy and ridiculously funny. Unfortunately, the filmmakers took this movie far too seriously. The premise is so absurd that I can't fathom how anybody could take this movie seriously. First off, the movie is incredibly dated. Many of the actors and actresses sport hideous mullets. <laughs> the, over- <laughs> <laughs> the overpowering soundtrack sounds like it would be more appropriate for a workout video. What? what do you think about that? The movie tries to come across as intelligent. It fails. I watched this movie with my boyfriend, a scientist. <laughs> scientist. He said that most of the science that they speak of is rubbish. <laughs> Of course. This uh, makes the movie difficult to follow because it's based on utter nonsense. Uh, this movie is dreadful. Don't watch it. There are, there are a million much better things that you could do with these two hours. Like go to the DMV, have an appointment with your proctologist, wait in line at the post office, etc. You get my point. Ugh. Horrible, horrible smug <laughs> little review. Um, um, yeah, got, I mean, there's a point in there. It is, you know, it tries. To, it's quite sort of high concept, um, but at the same time, those high concepts result in a lot of like, like I said, it's silly because you've got like the devil turning up and yeah. bloody Donald Pleasance is running around doing his Donald Pleasance type shtick. Yeah, you've got goo. Yeah, um, so i i think i think he succeeds in melding those two things together yeah. if you watch it and don't take it too seriously and yeah. just want to zane out and, and don't question it too much true uh my friend's granddad is donald pleasance by the way i say friend i haven't seen him in about 10 years but um yeah it's donald pleasance and uh it was like oh right did you meet him it's like no and then like, i think i looked into it and he had like he was just going around like <laughs> shagging everyone i think he's got about 20 different children or something stupid um, right, <laughs> something like that. It's I probably just totally. I don't have anything to back that up with, but I, th- I believe he has some illegitimate children out there. I, I might be mistaken. How dare you tarnish so, uh, Donald Pleasance's name? Apparently, he is fucking oh. insane. So it wouldn't um, surprise me. There's the that film. There's preparing that, an affidavit as we speak. Yeah, there's um, a really weird film uh, that I saw on the Red Letter Media guys do, where it's an awful, awful. Like t- absolutely terrible movie, but he plays like someone who's actually like a pig, and he gets turned back into a pig halfway through giving like some kind of like speech or whatever. And there's like just shots of Donald Pleasance just like snorting, like <laughs> doing a pig impression, <laughs> then writhing around on the floor and then gets turned into a pig. Um, God, I don't know what it's called, but it's uh, uh, it's funny. I start thinking that sounds good. How much do you get paid to do that? Jesus, not enough. It's probably the answer. Um, this is another one by Michael T. 2817. I guess I either don't like John Carpenter or I didn't like this film or I don't like him or this film. So Good like, logic. <laughs> and then straight off. Sorry, folks. It just wasn't me. I get sick of meaningless gore and thumping background music, which is supposed to be atmospheric. I like the supernatural in films, but this film was just bloody boring. It told me nothing. It didn't try to tell me anything. (laughs) 
John Carpenter has no subtlety. John Carpenter's fog was the best. I've ticked spoilers, but I don't think there are any. The Prince of Darkness is the devil. He is in another dimension ready to pull you through. The movie was boring garbage. One out of ten. Bizarre. It's just like a grab bag of random <laughs> thoughts he had. can be bothered to string them together into anything coherent. I do love it, though. Um, this one is 10 out of 10 by M Painter 15 Greatly underrated. One of Carpenter's best. I remember working as an usher when this movie came out. The look on the faces in the audience after the movie ended was priceless. Most were either truly disturbed or confused as hell. I thought the premise was unique. It's always been said that the existence of God can't be proven. Here, we have several scientists and students trying not only to prove that the devil exists, but they have him trapped in a jar in a church basement. The, the, it's not really backing up his theory here. The movie is so full of subatomic theory that you would swear it was written by Michio Kaku, not John Carpenter. Yeah, don't let the credits fool you. Carpenter wrote this film under a pseudonym. <laughs> took my girlfriend to see this when it came out she's now my wife and to this day she's still a little afraid of mirrors because of this film loved it 10 out of 10 I'm glad he loved it uh, maybe, he, maybe he went too far in the other direction and took it all a little too seriously yeah true true um, it's going to be uh, I was going to give you this one but it's actually pretty boring I'll give you this one Bottled Satan Scares the Hell Out of Graduate Students by SJ Rob 99. Um, oh my God. The dream sequence at the end of this film haunts me to this day. The whole movie is wonderfully intelligently creepy, but it's that dream sequence and the insistence that this is not a dream. You are listening to a transmission from the year 1999. And then the face of poor Catherine, trapped in the evil future. That scene will make you more afraid to go to sleep than a thousand Freddy Kruegers. Incidentally, I did not see this movie until just a couple of years ago when I watched it with my sister on VHS. Not long afterward, I happened to meet Alice Cooper in a pizza restaurant in Scottsdale, Arizona. He lives in Scottsdale, I think. He was there with his young daughter and he looked about as non-threatening as a man in white tennis shorts and sneakers can possibly look. And I had a hell of a time convincing my sister that it was Alice Cooper until he turned and smiled at us and she went... Oh my God, Prince of Darkness. So yeah, very scary movie. And I give it two or three or four thumbs up. Love it. And I love the anecdote. <laughs> that's actually, that's the review that I would write. Uh, we haven't met, Alice, met Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> the, I like that he, you know, thought about it more on a uh, slightly more subconscious emotional level. mm this guy, he's like, this will creep you out and scare you. Yeah, and just forget about the science people. Yeah, well, he's right about the. Um, he's right about the uh, last scene. Alice Cooper part. Alice Cooper part. He's right about <laughs> he's the dream sequence at the end. That is, that is creepy. Um, yeah. So I think that's it, Dan. I think we've done Prince of Darkness to death. We've, yeah, to death, but it might come back to life again through, through a mirror. Years. Exactly. Mirror. Um, Some goo. Yeah. So uh, we've got a bit of a special one next week, Dan. Why don't you why don't you tell us? We're not going to choose from the pit of suggestions. We've, we're going <laughs> to this one's more curated. Why don't you let us know what we're in for? 
Yeah, we're going to do uh, one of my favourite bands, uh, the Melvins, and their classic Stag album when they got a little bit more experimental. Uh, it's a bit like their White album, really. All kinds of uh, different styles uh, in there. And we are going to be joined uh, for that discussion by a very special guest, um, the Californian experimental rock oddball, Harry Cloud. Mm. So Harry is, yeah, he, he's been making music for a long time, I think, um, uh, under his own name, but also uh, in bands like Orphan Goggles. Um, and he has been, yeah, I've been in touch with him um, because I really like his music. And we thought, let's get him on and we can have a chat. He loves the album. He's a big Melvins fan. So that's what I've been chatting to him about, about music. And um, we thought, let's get him on. He can add his perspective and uh, it'll be cool as well. I want to ask him a bunch of questions about his music. Mm. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to know more about him ahead of that episode, um, I've done a few videos on my YouTube channel, Dreadful Dan's Discs. Um, so recently I reviewed his album that came out just earlier this year, The Pig and the Machine. Um, and if you like bands like Melvin's, um, maybe Mr. Bungle, um, any kind of like experimental kind of rock, um, he basically like jumps around all kinds of different styles and subgenres and mishes, mishmashes it all together into this kind of like magical and sometimes horrible uh, and like offensive <laughs> kind of uh, kind of caterwaul. Um, but yeah, really good stuff. And uh, I'm excited to get some time to actually chat to him. Uh, and I'm also very excited to get a chance to chat about the Melvins. Yeah, good shout. So uh, yeah, we're, we're going to try and do that for next week's episode. Um, we're just going to find a date, I guess, that works for everyone. Um, so yeah, let's do it. Thank you very much, guys, for listening and see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to a newwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at a new winter, Twitter at a new winter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash a new winter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 